Yeah, I mean, um, I got to tread lightly how I answer this question. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble, but. Um, Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm so excited today. I'm going to have a blast with my guest, Mr. Christian Brindle, the one and only. You guys know him. Mr. Taco Tuesday, Mr. Six-Figure Medicare Agent. This guy is everywhere. He is the epitome of what you're supposed to do when you want to be a content king. Thanks so much for being on here with me today, Christian. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome, Eric. Um, thank you for having me, by the way. Um, it's always a blast. It's always a pleasure. And, um, you know, I'm excited about this. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm also glad to see, because you had mentioned earlier, you had a, a little bout with COVID and you are looking healthy as can be. So I'm real happy to see that, man. I mean, tell us a little bit about your experience with that. I know that I made a podcast the other, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when I went through my bout with it, but uh, tell, tell us a little bit about how yours kind of went. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so my, <clears throat> it was such a weird overall dynamic because last week my daughter got pretty sick. My daughter is almost three now and she tested, my, my wife took her to the doctor. They tested her for everything under the sun. She tested negative for COVID positive for the flu, mm. which makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> I don't trust those tests really all the way, <laughs> but um so anyway then fast forward to friday i started getting like this really like gross like cough you know like um and and i did i i, I kind of set aside a bunch of time friday to do a bunch of videos like glenn and i did a bunch of videos together talk about tuesdays i did a video with josh and um and you know just this cough was like bothering me as the day went on it just kept getting worse and um my wife started feeling sick and so saturday she went in got tested i went in shortly thereafter we both tested positive um, Monday and Sunday. So Sunday and Monday, the next two days, we got really sick. It was like at its peak. Like I, I had a pretty severe fever. I had a headache. Um, you know, cough was really bad, just sore throat, just a bunch of different symptoms that were kind of, you know, just all over the place. And, um, and, you know, I, I was hoping that it, I would kick it pretty fast, but you never know with something like that. Um, I was planning on just taking this entire week off, but I was going to take it one day at a time. And um, Tuesday rolled around and I felt quite a bit better, 60% yeah. better. Then Wednesday, I felt quite a bit better. And then Thursday, quite a bit better. And then today, I feel like nothing ever happened. So it's very odd, <laughs> very weird. I'm not <laughs> complaining, but <laughs> that's no, that's awesome. Like you said, I, I think it's, uh, it's obviously hitting a lot of people differently. And, uh, you know, you always hope for the best whenever you do get it. I do think it's one of those things where just like the flu, it's going to go around. Eventually, everyone's going to catch a, uh, one of the variants. And so hopefully maybe, you, you know, either your system was just more ready for it or you just got a, a lighter variant. But either way, I'm just happy to see that you're healthy, brother. I know I was checking in with you throughout the way. I always do that with my friends yeah. because... I went through it. I know what it's like. And uh, it's always good to, to know people are checking in on you. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I, and I appreciate you checking in with me, you know, and, um, you know, and, and hitting me up and just kind of seeing how I'm doing, you know, that I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, it's the, 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 this industry is so good for so many reasons, but I feel like one thing that's, that, that makes it so much more fun is when you have good people in your life and good people in your corner, like you, um, that you can kind of 
go through the, 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 the trials and tribulations, like with those people, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I appreciate you brother. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. Um, I want to, I want to have a pretty fun discussion with you today. And I want to kind of just set it up by, by first leading into the fact that when you first got in the industry, you were obviously independent agent focused on selling direct to consumer. And mm -hmm. with the growth and your popularity and your online presence, uh, you started moving into the recruiting world and started having people contract with you that you could help support and be an upline for. And at this point in time, I think, uh, were you saying that this last year was the last one that you were going to try to personally be writing business so that you can focus on growing the agency? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's essentially, you know, has been our strategy, you know, because last year was such a crazy year. Like two years ago, we had zero contracted agents, or at least I did. Um, and now we have 120. Awesome. And, and so that, that growth, you know, it, it, I mean, you know this, cause you've been on the FMO side. I mean, it's, it's like a totally different layer of your business. It's like you're running two businesses mm -hmm. um, and agents are a lot more work than clients. <laughs> I don't care mm -hmm. what anybody says. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and essentially, you know, last year, I, I really felt like I was being pulled in a million different directions at all times. You know, I was working 80 hour weeks every single week pretty much year round, you know, and I, I had to do that to kind of keep up with what was going on. Um, and last year I wrote about 350 new, new clients myself, plus dealing with 120 downline agents and everything else I do. I just felt, I felt overwhelmed yes. um, by, you know, just the diversity of, of tasks I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Like I didn't feel like I have a specific role in my company. I felt like I was wearing way too many hats. Um, you know, and, and just through, you know, having good conversations with people like you, you know, people like Justin, Josh, you know, just different people that I know in the business, it became Glenn, of course, Glenn told me many times that you're doing too many things, bro. He's like, you're trying to do it all. It's just not, it's not sustainable. And I, it's, it's right. And so um, now we're essentially, we're, we're trying to, to build out the agency in a way to where we have agents in house that are on our staff, that are on our payroll, that can write the business that comes in because we, we do marketing, we do advertising, we get a lot of referrals. And so we don't want to just turn those away. You know, we want to continue to grow that book of business and keep growing that bottom line, but I just don't need to be the one writing every single policy. So that, that way I can focus on one area of the business 80% of the time, if not more. And that's working with agents, doing trainings, you know, putting out materials, just trying to be helpful and accommodating and helping make um, agents' lives easier. 100%. And, you know, I just want to point out that that doesn't at all diminish the value that you bring to agents. Some people out there believe that you're only a good upline if you're constantly writing business, because if you're not pricing what you preach, blah, 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 blah. No, I don't believe that at all. I actually believe that you don't need to constantly be writing. If you put in the time and you've written an X amount of apps, like you know how to do it and you know how to train somebody to do what you do. So I think that there is absolutely nothing wrong with deciding you want to focus on a different facet of your business to grow uh, because you've already had the knowledge and you already have the experience. I was in the same boat. You know, I, I uh, you know, stopped writing four years ago when we opened up the call center, because I was like, well, now we have people who are writing instead of me. I just need to train them to do what I was doing, to do what I did for 12 years on my own. Right. So um, it's just, I, I don't believe that you need to constantly be writing 
to be able to successfully train up new agents to write business. I mean, we're still staying on top of the industry. We're still looking at the stuff that's going on and the changes that are being made. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think you hit it right in the head because I, I think... I think that I think there's a lot of different situations that there there can be out there um, for situations like this. I think there's two types of people that are uplines. Well, there probably there's three. There's one that has been a producer at a very high level at some point, um, and but they're not producing anymore, and they're working with agents, and that's kind of where their focus is. Then you have people that um, try to do both at the same time. They try to juggle, you know, all these things all at the same time. Then you have number three, people that have never produced, but they, they could tell you anything about any election period. They can tell you um, about, you know, moving contracts, you know, different processes for moving contracts. They know every little in and out, you know, of like textbook material, which is incredibly valuable. And there's definitely need for that. Um, I think there's a lot of marketers that work for big FMOs that they might fill that role. Like they've never been an agent, but they got, they, they, they came on as a marketer and that's their extent of their experience, which that is, there's nothing wrong with that. There's that's needed for a lot of, of people and agencies. Um, it just kind of depends on what you need. I, I would make the argument that um, if your upline is out in the field, constantly writing business all the time, they probably aren't going to be as good of an upline as what you, they, they, that, maybe as they could be, because that takes a ton of time. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you how many times, you know, an agent of mine needed me and I always get back to them, but it might've taken me an hour longer than normal. And it might've been a very pressing question because I was in an appointment myself. Um, and that just, you know, I, I felt like it wasn't fair to them, you know, the agents that we're working with. I mean, still to this day, I'm not always available at the snap of the fingers, but I think I, you know, I can put my focus on it all together. And I think, I just think, you know, there, there's certain people that like, you know, like my upline writes all this business and then they're on Facebook all day, every day. Well, they, they, if they're really writing a bunch of business and they're working with you, they're not on Facebook too, you know, <laughs> like there's only so many hours in the day. It's so, <laughs> like, people don't think about that sometimes. Yeah. And so I would make the argument that your upline's probably going to be a, a better upline if they're not writing, trying to write business at the same time, you know, it doesn't mean they can't be a good upline and write business. Cause there's plenty that do, do, do both. And they do it. They do a good job at it, but I just feel like they could do better if that was their full, that was get, that was where their, their full attention was going. Yeah. Well, in my experience, and again, I did it for 12 years serving agents uh, as an, you know, in the FMO role. Um, and, and again, when I say that, I just want to clarify, like I wasn't the owner of the company. Otherwise, I would still have been an FMO. I was I was the national marketing director, but I was in charge of the marketing division. And I was that was my job. I'd love to have that one on one interaction with agents with as, with as many as possible. But obviously, yeah. you can only handle so many relationships, which is why you need to hire on help. Uh, but my experience has showed me that agents top producing agents, at least. Right. Because there is a, there's different levels of agents as well. Top producing agents, which most of us want to work with, because that's the only way we make money with people we contract is when they're writing business. Mm -hmm. The top producers were looking for just maybe two things. And a third, they would look for every now and then, but it wasn't crucial. Number one, they wanted support. And when I say support, I means that they, they want to know that if they have apps that are getting stuck and they, they can't get them pushed through because one, one thing or another... 
that you have connections with the top brass at those companies to be able to get those things pushed through and looked at, right? So support is very important to them. The other is access. Because they're top producers, they do want to feel like if they need your help, they can reach you somehow. So for me, I remember like my phone was always, I was always on the phone when I was in Mm -hmm. that role because people wanted access to me so that they could help with the support or ask questions or pick my brain about something or other. So support and access were the two most important things. Training came third. And that's, again, um, in my arena and at that time, uh, you know, the whole deal with selling apps over the phone was just kind of rising. So teaching agents how to do that was really important, but it wasn't as important as the support and the access. But moving further into that, again, if you're going to focus on the FMO side and growing and having a larger and larger downline, you obviously are only one person. So you'll need to hire more support. You'll need to hire marketers who can help yeah. you fill that role of being able to answer questions and create support. So yeah, what I see a lot. Oh, go ahead. I, I, just, I just was saying hundred percent on that. I mean, cause you, it, it goes back to the thing, you know, you're only one person, you know, you can't be in five places at once. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious if you'd agree with this statement, you know, coming from the FMO world, but I, one thing that I've, I've been saying since we started working with agents is a lot of times on average, one agent is as much work as a hundred clients. Yes, it can absolutely be that way. <laughs> and yeah. so, you yeah. know, that, 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 that's kind of, you know, been my role, my, my viewpoint on it is, you know, we need to keep hiring internally. We need to keep growing our infrastructure because, it can't just be me all the time. You know, I can't be the first line of defense and the last line of defense on everything. Um, you know, and so it's, it's been, it's been a challenge in terms of growing that staff and, you know, growing, growing people internally, because, you know, a lot of our staff now they're taking care of our clients, Yeah. you know? And so it's, it's, it comes back to the thing where like you're running two businesses almost. Um, so we're now starting to build out layers in our company where, we have employees and people on the payroll that their job is to work with agents and that's their role in the company, you know, and work with contracts and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's like a different animal. It is. It is. So that means that Christian Brindle has been putting out signs saying we are hiring, but I've seen that, that term, we are hiring. I've seen that a few times, but I feel like it might be getting used incorrectly. I don't mean to push any <laughs> buttons here, but I do feel like it is being used incorrectly because when you use that term, we are hiring, there's going to be a few things implied, right? One mm-hmm. of them being there's a salary involved. Two, likely benefits involved. Three, a location you're going to work at and certain hours you're going to be uh, required to work, right? Four, mm-hmm. you can be fired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, with, with, where, where I've been seeing it, I have been seeing a lot recently where people who are recruiting agents are saying we are hiring. What are your thoughts? Do you think that's appropriate? Am I maybe incorrect in thinking that's, that's being, the word is being misused? No, no, you're not incorrect. I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. Um, and, you know, we're starting to see a lot of it, right? As, as you know, we're seeing the same things that you're seeing. People putting things out there, they're like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we are hiring, you know, hit me up, slide in my DMs if you want to apply, send me your resume, all this stuff. And then they go through these hoops of like a normal job interview and they find out they're like, all right, we got good news for you. 
And then like, and then they find out they're 1099 street level. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine the person being interviewed? Like at the very end, they're like excited. Like, so what's the salary? Oh, it's a- There's no salary. <laughs> like, didn't you? I thought you knew that. Well, you said you were hiring. Like, <laughs> I just feel like, I just feel like there's a lot of shocked people who are like, huh? What? You Come again? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's. It's, it, it's, you feel bad for these poor people because they're out there looking for a job, right? Lots of people don't want to work right now, right? Like for some reason, there's a lot of people that don't want to work. Um, you know, I mean, hiring has been harder for us than it's ever been. Like I filled a position recently in our company that I probably would have gotten a hundred resumes for four or five years ago if I put it out. Yeah. And we, we got like 10 this time around, you know, and it took forever to get those 10. And I mean, so hiring is a, is a tricky thing right now. So the people that are actually out there looking for work, you know, and they actually want to work and they, and, they, and this sounds like this great opportunity. Maybe that's why they don't want to work because they find out at the end, it's uh, all commission, no salary. <laughs> <laughs> you think everyone who's saying we're hiring is actually offering commission jobs. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I personally, like, and again, I don't mean to ruffle feathers, but I do feel that as a society, we have already been conditioned to understand the words we are hiring to mean you're going to offer me a salaried position, benefits, maybe some kind of bonus structure if you're in sales, but it doesn't mean that you're trying to get recruited in a 1099 position. Because at the end of the day, if you are a 1099 position, 100% commission, you are your own business, essentially, right? You, you're, you're not you're not an employee of anybody. You're your own business. You, you know, in, in, in reality, you don't have anyone to answer to because you're a 1099. Now, again, if they're feeding you leads and you have some kind of contractual agreement, that's a whole different story. But I just feel like it, it sours a lot of people. It sours a lot of people in the agency realm uh, and in the agent force when you misuse terms and almost, uh, I don't even, I don't think bait and switch, maybe that's not the right term, but it's just like when they come in thinking one thing and then you switch to something else, it does kind of feel like a bait and switch, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I think, and I think, I think it gives a bad name for the industry too. You know, I, I, I think it gives a bad name for the industry. I think it makes things more difficult for people that are trying to work with agents and partner with them in the correct way. There's a lot of people out there that, that do do that. You know, a lot of people that you know, a lot of people that I know, you know, in our industry that are friends of ours, um, they do things the right way. They're, they're supportive of the agents. They're, trans they're transparent right off the bat. They're upfront with expectations and kind of the way things work. So I think it, it, may, it, it puts people in a situation. And, and you know, I, I, I see it all the time in our Facebook group. I'll see people post, it seems like once a day now, I don't know who to trust. Who should I put my contracts with? Um, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, there's so much confusion out there that people just have no idea who the good guys are, quote unquote, and who the bad guys are, you know? Yeah. And um, and it I it's it's unfortunate to see, but I I I also feel like that model, it can't be a model that is going to be successful over a long period of time. It's not sustainable. Right. Because word spreads around town about you and, you know, you're slimy, you're sleazy, you're not honest or transparent about what you're actually presenting in terms of an opportunity. And 
you know, it, our, our industry is not as big as people might think. I mean, it's big, but it's, you know, it's not that big. I mean, word's going to spread about you if you're not doing things the right way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, and again, I'm going to still give the benefit of the doubt for anyone who is doing it. Okay, because here, just a disclaimer, I'm not calling out anyone specifically. I'm just saying that I have seen it quite a few times in TikTok. I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it on Instagram. So it's like in all the different social media outlets that I've seen uh, that term being used for positions that are 1099. But I, I, I guess I'm going to I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that maybe when somebody inquires that they're told right off the bat what the real deal is, you know, and maybe yeah. at that point when they're sent their first, you know, if, you, if I could, if again, if the call to action is hit me up in my DMs, once somebody does that direct message, which that's what DMs stand for, for those who don't know, um, once you send that direct message to somebody, they might send that reply with, okay, here's what it is. It's actually going to be an opportunity where mm-hmm. you're going to earn 100% commission, but we have an exact sales structure that we can plug you into that works that produces results. We already have a lot of people that are writing business and making X amount on average. Cool. Right. You lay it out. But so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that that is what they do. But if they continue and do interviews and and basically treat it as if you are hiring somebody, which you and I are both familiar with, I went through, I had to hire agents all the time for the call center. And I know the whole process. Um, It's just, I think that's kind of misrepresented. So yeah. that's my piece on it. And I don't know if there's anything else you kind of want to add to that, but that's where I'm going to, I guess, leave it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent with you on it. I think, you know, I, I understand the concept of trying to get someone's attention so you can talk to them about something where you might not be able to get their attention by not doing it. It's, 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 it's you know, original clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I get it, you know, I understand the concept, you know, like I, I've, I'm, I'm known to clickbait things once here and there on my YouTube videos. Like it's how you get views sometimes, you know, like it's the world that we live in. It's the, you know, um, instant gratification, um, you know, mentality that people have in our society these days. It's that, you know, you, you got to get their attention because the attention spans are shorter than ever. And so I, I understand that. And I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just funny, you know, because, I think, I think it is very misleading. Um, and I think, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it, I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I see a lot of that from like the, the multi-level marketing insurance businesses, probably more than anything else, which there's nothing wrong with those. If you're a part of those, um, more power to you. You know, I have a lot of respect for a lot of a couple of companies that, you know, have been very successful and kind of, you know, changed some of the way things are done, but I think you'll find that in an organization that there's a lot of focus in recruiting and bringing in your friends and families and, na- and neighbors and all that stuff. And maybe not, doesn't have the same emphasis on, on writing business and actually getting clients. Right. hundred percent. So to segue off of that, you know, you, you, again, you, you have access to a lot of agents. You're getting obviously uh, interactions through your Facebook group, you get interactions to people direct messaging you. And as a result, you know, you're growing pretty rapidly, as you mentioned earlier. And now that your focus is going to be uh, a lot more on building up the agency, recruiting, having more agents working directly with you, what is it that inspired you to want to actually have the six figure Medicare agent summit that's coming up here in Salt Lake City? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I got to tread lightly how I answer this question. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble, but um, well, that last year I, I, I attended a ton of events yeah. um, and, you know, I enjoyed myself, you know, and I got a lot out of the events as well. You know, I got to meet a ton of people in person that I've gotten to know like yourself, um, you know, got to hang out with you, you know, at 8% and like, you know, that, that kind of stuff is, is great. Um, and I really enjoyed kind of going to all these different events, but essentially, you know, <clears throat> what I found was at, at some of the events, not all of them, but maybe a couple of them, um, you know, if, you know, in, in, they, they wanted me to come because me coming my, you know, it might help their event in some form or fashion because of my following, because of my Facebook group and those kind of things. But I didn't feel like it was always necessarily a mutually beneficial thing, you know, like they'd want me to be involved, but they'd want me to pay to be involved. They want me to, they want me to pay to do a breakout session, pay to do this, pay to do that. And I almost felt like, um, I'll give a little shout out to Joanna here because Joanna has been saying recently, and I, I wish I thought of it because it's how I've been feeling, but she articulated it better than I probably would have. She said, you know, I don't need to pay to be at the table. I brought, I brought my own table. Yeah. Um, and so I got to this point where I was like, you know, I'm friends with everybody on the stage at most of these things. You know, I, I have a personal relationship with a lot of these people. We have a great following, an organic following um, to where, why don't we have an event right here in Salt Lake City? And that way I don't have to be sitting there in the audience. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish this person was on stage or I wish that person was on stage. I'd love to hear from this person. Um, I wanted to, the freedom to be able to put together a roster of people that I'd want to see if I was in the audience. Um, and so, and, and I wanted to make it affordable. I wanted to make it, you know, um, I, I wanted to, you know, kind of put the, the event together that I would want to attend. Um, I think Justin did a fantastic job with Medicare Con last year. You know, I, I really, you know, took a lot of motivation away and inspiration away from what he did there. I felt like it was very actionable content. I didn't, you know, I felt like it was very um, nuts and bolts, you know, yeah. which I, I like to see more than rah-rah pitches, things like that, that you see at, at a couple of other events, not all, but some. Right. Um, and so really kind of what inspired it was, you know, I, I came to this realization that, you know, we have an audience that's, you know, again, very organic, very loyal, um, and I felt like we could maybe get together a roster of people that would provide a tremendous amount of value. And I think it'd be as good as any event during the year. Amen to that. Amen. So uh, that's why, you know, you hit me up so quickly because you wanted that value there, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to ask, but I, but I need you to have the man bun when you come. That's a prerequisite. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, man. I, I, <laughs> I was I was saying that in our in the training that we just got done doing a, a couple hours ago. I was just you know somebody had complimented my man bun. He's like, I'm actually trying to grow my hair to do that, and I'm like, yeah, it takes a lot of confidence to rock a man bun. So uh, more power to you. And I'll just show you. I love it, dude. I love the man bun. Look at it. We're not it. all blessed with the luscious locks, Eric. You don't need to just throw it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, <laughs> but your head. Is, you here's the thing. I bet you my my. Uh, if I shaved my head, it would not be geometrically shaped as perfectly as yours is. So for, oh, for you to have that oh. look, I mean, you're rocking it because your your head shape is perfect for it. 
Oh, that's so kind of you to say. I you appreciate know? that. <laughs> I know. I know. There's probably like dents in my head. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm scared to see what it would look like if I shaved it. <laughs> oh man. So we have this. So the six figure Medicare Agent Summit that's going to come up here June 10th and 11th. Uh, what site can they go to to get tickets for the event? So it's it's so we built the website. It's just you know six figure Medicare Agent forward slash summit dot com. Um, or if you just go on Google and you type in Christian Brindle Six Figure Medicare Agent Summit, you'll find it pretty easily. Um, the, the 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 site shows exactly what's going to be covered. You know, different topics that will be kind of focused on by by several people, and then it also has a lineup of the speakers. You know, yourself included, um, that are on there. And there, there's even a couple of speakers that will be announced in the next two to three weeks that we've confirmed and that we've you know you know had been able to kind of lock in for it. That haven't been announced and um pretty big names a couple of them um so i'm really excited to kind of let the cat out of the bag on those but i can't as of yet um but yeah i mean if you want to, if you're interested in kind of knowing who's speaking they're all listed there on the website but we got you know of course we got eric fierro we have josh lustick we have glenn shelton uh galen Hendricks, danielle kunkel roberts um justin thomas um justin brock um, Tony Merwin is the, the moderator of the event, which Tony, you know, does a great job at that. We have, uh, Mr. Brad Hannon speaking. Um, there's just so many big time people. Tracy Lonesbury is going to come and talk about annuities, Rebecca Davis. Um, we have a total of, we're going to have a total of 18 speakers at the event, Ooh. nine each day. So we're going to be jam packed, you know, um, I, there's no way that you won't walk away from this event with something. That's what I will tell people. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that, I think there's a lot of information there, but there's also a, a credible diversity. I think everybody brings something very unique to the table. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're really excited about it. Awesome brother. Well, I'm totally stoked to be there. I've never been to Utah and I'm so I'm really excited to go check it out and see the sites, maybe go check out some of the uh, what do they call those, the, those, Big Mormon places, the uh, Mormon Tabernacle. Yeah, yeah, I want to go check out, and I know I can't go in one, but I <coughs> want to go see how the one in Salt Lake City differs from the one out here in uh, in Gilbert, because we actually just had one that was built in Gilbert. We had one in Mesa as well that I've seen, um, but the one in Gilbert looks nicer. There's First. one. So where where are the hotels located? The Radisson Hotel, where the events being held, you can literally walk across the street. And you're at the and you're at a Mormon tabernacle, like oh. it's and it's being re, it's being um it's being redone right now, but it'll be done by June, I'm sure of it. Um, and that's the that's the main one, right? Like that's like where it all started, isn't it? Yep, that's the that's the big one, like the 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 huge one. So it's like right there, like so. Anybody that's interested in seeing that, I mean, you won't be at a better location. Like it'll be right there. <laughs> 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 That'll be fun, man. Well, like, it's going to be a good time all around. And again, I, I really am appreciative, especially with you just getting over COVID. I, I'm so happy you took the time to talk with us today. Again, I think we covered some awesome topics that people are going to be able to, to enjoy. And I think that anybody who's anybody should be at the Six Figure Medicare Agent Summit. You guys need to go get your tickets. Look up Christian Brindle so you can go buy them. They're, like you said, affordable tickets. And for the money to see the amount of uh, different agents that are going to be there speaking on stage, giving actionable content that is so worth the time to go. So any parting words you wanted to, to leave us, my friend? 
Well, um, first things first, Eric, again, thank you for having me. And I appreciate you, you know, you saying that and um, appreciate you being a part of the event, you know, because the event's going to be so great because people like you are going to be, you know, willing to give their time to travel out, you know, spend some, spend a couple days out here. So um, thank you for, you know, being willing to help participate and, you know, be a part of the event. And, um, and thank you for having me. I'd, I'd say my, my, my only final words, guys, um, about the summit is, Part of our part of our sponsorship deal with Lead Heroes, if if any of you know Lead Heroes, um, owned and operated by Mr. Um, Glenjamin Shelton, is that a word? Glenjamin <laughs> Shelton. Um, but but part of our sponsorship deal with them is the first hundred people to buy a ticket get ten free leads from Lead Heroes. It almost reimburses you the price of your ticket and retail value. Um, and we've sold about 90 tickets so far. So there's 10 of those left. So if you can sneak in under, you know, under the hundred mark, um, you'll be able to get 10 free leads from lead heroes just by buying a ticket. That's part of the sponsorship deal um, for sponsoring so awesome. the event. That's so awesome. Take advantage of that guys, man. Not only are you going to get an, an event out of it, you're going to get leads. You can work, make some clients and new money. I mean, that's, that's the way to go. Do it, do it. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for watching. I'm excited for uh, you know what's coming up this year. 2022 is going to be an awesome year. So we'll see you guys on the next video. Hey, thanks for watching the podcast. If you like the content, please hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when more new content comes out. We'll see you on the next one.